Hello and welcome to the 56th episode of the BTF podcast. That's the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. Now, you may be listening on Spotify, you may be watching on YouTube, uh, but more likely if you're watching live, you are watching on twitch.tv. It's our first ever show going out live on Twitch, which is exciting. And of course, that's why I'm here at the Twitch HQ. You can see in the background, it's nice and chill. Uh, there was a fridge back there with a load of monster in it. Um, I helped myself earlier and uh, I, I'm, I'm all hyped up and ready to go. Uh, Greg, you're joining us today with a, a blank green screen in the background. No unfortunate events this week? No, nah, because there's been fuck all football worth watching, mate. I haven't caught any of it. Could just have Gareth Southgate's, that Gareth Southgate's face on it, but I don't want that anywhere near my podcast, to be quite honest. <laughs> well, maybe like the, the viewers can treat it like that clip that Shia LaBeouf released. Where he's like, yeah, exactly. You can just take this clip and put Greg um, wherever you want. Um, yeah, make a little competition. You get like a free BTF mug or something. Yeah, yeah. Where, <laughs> where, what's the um, yeah? What's the best position you can put Greg in? Uh, on to the next guy, uh, swigging away on his Baileys. There, uh, we are joined by Mr. Jonathan Boothy. How are you doing? I'm good, brother. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, very well. Got the old Christmas tree up there in the background. Has anyone yes. else got a Christmas tree up? <laughs> and he's jumped the gun. What do you What do you mean, <laughs> bro? 2020 has been so shit. I deserve something that's more to. And that other voice you can hear there, uh, if you're listening to the audio-only version on Spotify, is Mr. John Miller. How are you doing, John? Doing well, thanks. Doing very, very well. Very, so, very disappointed to see Boofy's Christmas tree up. But, uh, oh, come on. <laughs> What's the <laughs> optimal time to put it up? Oh, it's probably the 1st of December, surely. Uh, 21st. <laughs> is that where you're at, Greg? 21st? Mate, I'm I'm still in like July. I'm like I don't know where I am with this year. <laughs> yeah, things have things have moved uh, at a strange pace this year for sure. Um, as we mentioned, it's a kind of a or Greg mentioned it's kind of a slow week this week for football. Um, we have been treated to some international football. I don't know whether treat is the the right uh, verb to use, but um, there's been international football on this week. Now there's been two England games, uh, and and that will be our top, uh, you know, first topic on the show today. Uh, first of all, England Ireland, uh, which I think was on Thursday, was it or Friday? Thursday, I think. Um, big game or not, Greg? I mean, pointless. It was a friendly, wasn't it? First of all, yeah. I mean, Tom made the point last week of playing international friendlies during a pandemic. Just makes no sense. And mm. from this week, I mean, I'm sure we'll cover it. The amount of coronavirus cases we're seeing confirmed mm-hmm. through all the international teams. It's ridiculous. It's going to have such a knock-on effect with Premier League football. And, you know, I think it's just pointless. It doesn't mean anything. A friendly against England and Ireland would make sense if you could fill the stadium with fans and have a really good knees up about it. But at the moment, it's like, what is the point? Yeah. I, I, John, do you agree? Yeah, I, I second everything. I'm I'm not gonna give that game any more more airtime from me. I agree with him. <laughs> veto in it. He's vetoing the airtime there. Boothy, did you get did you catch the island game? Yeah. Um at the moment I'm not enjoying much in England. It's mm. the style of play is just so dull and brawl. There's no creativity, there's no spark. Gareth ain't got a clue what's going on with his team at the moment, so yeah, friendly was always time, really. I'll be honest. Yeah, I I worry. Um, 
where I'm not sure whether we give England too much of a hard time on this show. I think um, it was a shame not to have the tournament this summer. Um, Greg's made some points that kind of, you know, had had we had the tournament this summer, that uh, perhaps Southgate wouldn't still be in the job. Um, is that the kind of the natural cycle of the England fan or England fandom is that you have two or three years of like, oh, this is going to be good. We're going to win it. We're going to win it. Then you have the tournament. You have the immense disappointment and, and grief. Uh, and then ultimately the manager gets sacked and we get a new manager in, which then injects a new lease of life into um, the England fans kind of, um, you know, optimism uh, reserves as such. But I don't know, maybe because we haven't had that tournament, we see we seem to have sort of snowballed into this situation where actually we're quite hard on the England team at the moment. There's still a good squad of players there. Um, I just don't know, um, you know, whether they're able to put it together. And, and we were tested last night against Belgium. Um, I didn't see the game. John Miller, I know you were watching, kind of half watching, listening to the game. Mm. Um, how was that? I mean, a Belgium number one ranked team in the world yeah, at the are. moment the number one england number four um yeah i mean it showed yesterday i mean t- to be fair taking a little bit from what you just said about a hard time and obviously what we said last week and what we said today maybe slightly uh, i mean just watching that game there were some positives that, you know beefy said about creativity i didn't watch the island game so i don't know about that game but i definitely feel with jack Grealish, he needs to start he needs to play the whole game. Otherwise, England will be dull. Um, he was really, really good. Um, from what I saw, he was driving. He got fouled a lot. Um, you know, there was England had quite a fair few free kicks that they, you know, on, on another day or maybe if they, you know, maybe had Will Prowse on the pitch or something, they might have scored him. Um, I think Mason Mount ballooned one into, into the crowd, which wasn't there. And um, uh, Trippier put one into the into the wall from the same position that Merton scored from exactly both of them were pretty much exactly the same position but overall yeah we were they were definitely they were I thought they were better Uh, they definitely looked three or four places uh, above us Um, you know we finished what fourth at the last major major tournament right Um, uh, so it is about it is pretty much where England are they're not they're not ready to win it yet but I do think that if if they can get a system that, if they can play with a system that works around Grealish, I think we we do got a chance. I thought Harry Kane was really good as well. Actually, yesterday, uh, yesterday I thought he was really really good. He had some really good touches, some nice flicks around the corner. I just think if he was playing with Son, and and um, you know his his Spurs um, teammates, a few few more extra, if they went all on the other pitch, only for the other team, yeah. <laughs> um, then I definitely think that um, England would have won that game. Because I thought Harry Kane was was really really quality yesterday and he was really holding up the ball well he had a few shots which went like wide which you'd think he should do better with but his general in play I think him and um, Grealish were definitely two stand-up players um, and if they get those two fire in at the right time I think we've, we've got we definitely have a chance but not a chance to win it but a chance to maybe get to the semis but I think it will just capitulate at, at that point whoever who, whoever who we're playing doesn't really matter yeah yeah, that's the biggest struggle, isn't it, with England? Like, it's uh, it's almost a given that we'll kind of make it out of the group stages and then um, when it finally kind of gets going, 
we don't have that that metal there. Um, Boofy, do you have faith? Can can England um, still achieve? You know, can they can they can they still win the Euros? This year? Um, That's the question today. I, I feel like there's other nations who are just too strong. You've got France, who obviously we speak about France most weeks now. Like the depth and quality they have, they can put out three or four teams that are better than England. Um, uh, England first eleven, and then you've got also Holland. So I've been watching recently actually. Yeah, Holland are looking decent. Uh, if they get everyone fit, mm. especially uh, Van Dijk, I feel like they'll be the main threat. Germans, you can never have the Germans. So there's very three teams there that I feel like are better than England. Um, but yeah, I, just, I don't think Gareth has the has the nous to win a tournament. You know what I mean? Uh, at the World Cup a couple of years ago. The only reason we got so far is because we had the easiest group and then we had the easiest side of the draw. If we draw the other yeah. side, Brazil and France, them lot, we would have got through the last 16, let alone get to the semis. So I feel like it's not yet. Maybe 2022, when the youngsters like Foden, Greenwood, even Saka have matured a bit, maybe we can push for them. But I think that this Euros is uh, a bit too early for us to get our hopes up. And Greg? I'm guessing. Look, it's okay, right. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll give this to Southgate. Okay, I think that he is a a nice loser. Okay. <laughs> look, he's not gonna he's not gonna cheat on anyone with the England physio. He's not got an offshore account full of money. You know, he's he's a good guy. Probably he's boring, but he's a good guy. He's a safe pair of hands. Okay, but to be an international manager. It's a tough job because you only see those players every couple of months at the most. So you need to be inspiring in that dressing room. You need the players to, when they're they're getting on that flight to go and play for you, they're inspired. They're looking forward to it. There was a quote that I put in the group chat from Paul Pogba today that I Mm. thought was really interesting. Uh, So he said, the French national team is a breath of fresh air. We are happy to come here. It's not the same as with the club. We all group together. It's magical. Now, when I see England play, and I, I admit I don't watch them a lot because it's uninspiring, I don't see a team, I see a squad of players. And I think that's the biggest problem. You look at France, you look at Germany, you look at Spain back in 2010, they were a team and they got they, they won from it. We've not beat, we've had Gareth Southgate for the last four years. Name one big team that we've beaten convincingly. But the problem is we're in a catch-22 of it because if, if Southgate goes, which I hope he does... Who comes in? Mm. They don't get a don't get a Jose. They don't get a Rafa Benito. They don't get a player that's going to come in and a manager, sorry, that's going to come in and make demands of the players and demand this, demand that. They want a yes man. So Gareth Southgate's probably got like a tenured position as this manager, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's such a hard role to um, to fill because, like you say, you know who who have we beaten convincingly? That that question's almost, you know. No matter what game, you know, if we beat someone in a friendly, if we beat Brazil in a friendly, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. <clears throat> the only time where it matters is if we beat someone in a big tournament or, you know, a clutch kind of uh, qualifying game or something where we actually need to win and we get a big result. Um, so the only games I can think of really is the, you know, the game that everyone thinks of is the Columbia game. You know, that mm. was that was probably the highlight of, Southgate's tenure as or like we're talking about him like he's he's not managing it anymore but you know that that was probably the high point of Southgate as manager um of England and those moments only come around every four years um it was interesting the comment 
I think both of you just said about, or was it Greg, Greg one of you two said about um, Pogba saying that when he goes to um, the French national team, there is a kind of a, a, an electricity. There's a, as you want to say, yeah, quoi, yeah. Um, about the uh, about the occasion, and I do wonder whether that is a little bit lacking with the England guys because they mostly all play in the Premier League, with the exception of Jaden Sancho. Um, and a couple of these other young lads that are now playing out in Germany, like most of them all play in the Premier League. They play against each other week in, week out. There's no like coming together kind mm. of experience there when they go to international level. Whereas France are in this weird kind of position where actually the quality of their league versus the quality of their national team is actually quite significantly disproportionate where you've got, a quote-unquote farmers league and then you've got this ultimate team basically at, at international league level whereas we've got almost the opposite of that we've got the superb kind of front page world leading premier league and then we've got this international team that doesn't actually really click together and reflect that um and i do just wonder if like you know the the success of the, and i know it was different it was almost the same kind of before the premier league existed but you know is the england national team a victim of the premier league in some respect in terms of the fact that it's it's this brilliant international league but england doesn't seem to have what it takes up there and you think you know france have won two world cups in the time that the premier league has existed um just thinking of other winners germany italy brazil spain. twice spain yeah. um i don't know there has to be something there because england were albeit you know cheated in 86 i wasn't around to see it but um you know the, the hand of god stuff um john was um, <laughs> um, 19, 19 uh it was 1990 the the gaza and, and lineker um world cup with yeah. um Bobby, Bobby Robson, yeah, Italian, Italian ninety. So, um, you know, the England was team was that one, the it? England team was <laughs> good and was really kind of you know well respected in the country pre Premier League. And then I just feel like it got it's gone down and down and down. And now we're at the point where we're kind of bashing England every week. Seems weird. Just seems like I don't know. I don't know. I think. Because, I mean, the argument against that is you've got Euro 96, which I think we were mm. inches, literally inches away from making, yeah. a, making a final, a final which I think we probably would have won. Um, and we have done okay-ish. We've done quite well in, in some others. But I think there is some argument for what you're saying. I think there's a lot of foreign imports in the Premier League as well. Um, I think that doesn't help sometimes. I think you, last week when we talked about all these strikers, that we've had and you think about all the strikers and not even strikers other players that we think are like you know legends that rarely got any caps yeah. um maybe they weren't getting um the game time sometimes maybe that the that the, the national team manager wanted um i think i think there's so many facets i think this is not something that we could discuss in like an hour or 20 minutes yeah. segment because you're talking about different managers with different ideas you know that people that have got their favorites you know, um, you know, like Greg's always talking about Winks, you know, and how, how is he in there? Obviously, he's he's gone through the system with with, with Southgate. So Southgate's yeah. you know, he's your favourite. Is he the best player to be playing in there? Probably not. Um, 
but there's that which is those sort of decisions and those little nuances also hold us back as well and when I know I know he didn't it didn't necessarily work with him but under Svengo and Ericsson having I think maybe having an outside non-English manager that that was the benefit of that as well because he's not gonna he he doesn't have that I mean yeah he had Wayne Rooney was his Wayne Rooney had the talent right but he always picked Wayne Rooney you know sort of thing but you know he didn't have all these oh you know um he had his faults but he never had these sort of favorite situation in the same way like mm. that Southgate Southgate does and maybe like I know it's not a favorite but I'd, I would have loved to have seen Mourinho do it because he he would just you know he would be pushing those players on he wouldn't have any favorites if you're not cutting it you wouldn't be playing yeah. you wouldn't be getting loads of chances you know he's a he he's a winner he you know he's a tournament winner you know you think of all the tournaments that he's won um you know to get you know, like Champions Leagues and, and all the rest of it. I, I, I'd love to see someone like that get it, get it, but I just don't think, as Greg said, you know, they don't tick the box. It's more likely to be, more likely to be A.D. Boothroyd than um, <laughs> <laughs> someone like that. Yeah. Um, Boothy, do you reckon, uh, do you reckon Wenger could have done the job? I think so, you know. Um I feel like Wenger needs an international job in general, but especially in England, he knows the players. He knows uh, what league they're playing in. And he's been here. He was, he was in the league for, what, 22 years, I want to say. Yeah. So he has, he has experience um, with the players. So he Wenger would have installed a philosophy as well with the, with the team, saying, look, put it down, pay the ball on the floor, pass it about. And that's what we lack at the moment. We lack identity. Like you, I can't tell you what style England plays. I feel like it's just boys go to pitch, do it one, yeah. and hope for the best. You know what I'm saying? With Wenger, I you know you can play for the back, play on the ball, on the floor, and it may not come off. But at least I know what you're trying to do with this England squad. I ain't got a clue what Gareth's trying to do. It's yeah, with fullbacks or with spring up the cane, get out wide to the wingers. It's something different every week, and that's what I feel like he needs to work on himself. Southgate is to install a, a game plan and install a system that he know I'm gonna stick with this, and this time we're gonna play and just fuck it, we're going to beat whoever's in front of us with our style of play. Yeah, no, I agree. Like it, like you say, without, without that system, that no, that well-known system in place, it is quite difficult to judge an England performance. Because um, when I think to like, well, you think of the, the Premier League teams now that have those rigid kind of game plans that you expect to see the high-pressing game of, of Liverpool, um, City's kind of like tick attacker type type approach and stuff like that like at least you can see when it's not working and not going not going right whereas england there like you say i don't think they have that they're not even able to identify their own problems let alone the fans be able to identify the problems so uh yeah i don't know yeah there's definitely there's definitely some problems there i i still think um that you know on especially with these games at wembley uh, at the Euros, I do think we got an outside chance still, um, but I certainly don't think we're the, we're, we can't be the favourites. Um, but I think there is, you know, there is some hope still there that that we could get a lucky, you know, get the lucky side of the draw, or whatever. Like, um, you know, there's there's still a little bit of uh, of of faith there. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we're that far away. No, I mean, you look at the game yesterday. You didn't watch the game, so you'll think, okay, mm. I've seen that. I've seen. Well, I right. think Grealish's little touches and stuff. 
Yeah, but Harry Kane had one off the line. You know, right, okay. one right off the line. That's going top, top, top bins. Um, you know, he, like I said, he pulled the trigger on a few shots, which, you know, from distances, you see him scoring screamers against West Ham and the like. Yeah. And he dragged a few wide. I just think, yeah, I, I just think Grealish needs a running game, a run of games. Sterling needs to be a, be in there. Um, and, and Harry Kane, I think if we can get those three firing, mm-hmm. we can sort out the back. Is it Maguire? Is it not? I mean, it looks like it is. So he just he's got to get his form on on top, um, get on top of his form. Sorry, I don't think we're far away. I just think it. I think for us, it just comes down to selection and also that tournament. Um, uh, uh, Beef used the word like nous things like dive going down easy in the box. Yeah, yeah. game management. All yeah, that game stuff. management. All yeah. that kind of thing. If they can do those <laughs> okay. kind of things, because that's what it takes. Shithousery, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. need to. <laughs> um, they definitely need to. I mean, to to take a word from Mourinho, they need to be bastards. You know, for <laughs> on. Yeah. I just, I just think with that nice manager, I think they are, they are a little bit too nice. Um, and and I think they just need. If I think if they have that mentality, uh, then I think they could do a bit better yeah okay well uh we'll we'll jump on to um our next topic here which is that of liverpool's defensive uh injury problems well it's not just defensively actually um i've got a list here you've got henderson's um potentially uh injured at the moment i'm just double checking so yeah we've got trent henderson um robertson picked up an injury uh yesterday for for scotland uh joe gomez fabinho obviously virgil van dyke and also tiago and alex oxlade chamberlain all injured at the moment um you Don't know I, salah as well and Boba. salah and salah yeah. yeah um so quite a few of these injuries were picked up over the international break obviously we know there were some that were already uh had already happened trent pulled up with a hamstring in the in the last game before the international break uh, and we all know what happened with Virgil van Dijk. Now, as a manager of a Premier League team, Jurgen Klopp, um, how much right does he be- have to to be absolutely livid um, with the you know the resulting injuries? Particularly, I think Gomez and, Ro- and Robertson um, that were picked up on international duty. Um, Greg, come to you on that. Yeah, I think he's got every right to be. I mean, I don't know if you saw uh, Jose's Instagram earlier on um, being a bit sarcastic about how brilliantly oh, the look. COVID testing's been and uh, how well looked after the players have been and all of that. Um, yeah, I definitely, I mean, I empathise with it in the, in a sense that it's totally out of your control. Of course, if you've got champions in your team, the likelihood is they're going to get picked for their international fixtures. Mm-hmm. So they always run the risk of those those injuries because that is time that they would have been resting and would have been you know, recovering for the next games. But I saw um, the Athletic reported that Liverpool aren't going to be in the market in January for a defender. Um, I find that hard to believe. But I mean, I think, Dan, you and I were having the conversation earlier in the week. And if you have to replace Van Dijk in January with a what, 60 million, 70 million pound signing... I mean, Van Dijk's going to come back eventually. What happens to that other player? It's a similar sort of situation we've had with Harry Kane is you can't buy a second strike because they know they're going to be second fiddle to the best mm. on the team. So it's a an interesting one. You can't really get that world-class centre-back if in six months he's going to be sitting on the bench for the rest of the season. 
So I think it, I, I I definitely sympathise. You never like to see any players get injured, but um, yeah, it's definitely a crisis going on at Liverpool. Mm. Funnily enough, I I don't know if this is true, but I heard that um, Arsenal's ex physio. I saw something about Arsenal's ex physio is now working at Liverpool <laughs> <laughs> because there was um, obviously we've 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 had it in the Premier League. There's been times when Arsenal's injuries list has just been horrendous and you think of Rizisky, Van Persie, Cazorla or the rest of it um, and there was always this sort of thing around Arsenal's medical team or whatever but yeah uh, I did see something about that on, on Twitter about Arsenal's <laughs> um, medical person is is now working at Liverpool and, and, and now look now look what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would make sense I mean they were so good last year with conditioning of the players weren't they that was that was essentially you know, one of the reasons that they dominated the league is that they just had that first 11 playing week in, week out. Um, and, you know, they were just getting minutes together every week, same system, and, and it was just working. Uh, it will be a big test this year, I think, to see if it's the system that's working rather than the individuals, because if you can slot other people into this system and, you know, have this Frankenstein-style back four with maybe... James Milner at centre back and and Nat Phillips and um, all of these you know I don't I don't even know who's going to be playing um, left and right back but you know if they can take the system and still make it work then that really is a a, a huge um, win I think for for Jurgen Klopp and and people that um, kind of doubt his managerial potential and say that you know he's just bought into you know winning the Premier League. This this is the real this is the real test. Um, equally, uh, and again, Greg, I think this was something that you um, flagged yesterday. Um, this thing about um, you know if they if they lose the league, what was it? Do you remember the quote? It was like if they lose the league, it's sort of um, they can blame it on injuries, but if they win the league, I think um, it will be purely down to Klopp. I think you you sent me this yesterday on WhatsApp. Um, was it me saying it? I come out with a lot of rubbish down. <laughs> I think it was a quote from someone else, but um, but yeah, I mean, where, yeah. where, do, where do you know what sort of position do you think Klopp's in at the moment? Is it is it almost a, a, I don't want to say win win, but um, you know, he has kind of got a pretty like acceptable excuse for Liverpool not to retain the title at the moment, yeah, definitely. I think that. Come the end of the season, whatever the outcome, if Liverpool aren't the champions, I think that they're probably due a sort of fallow year. You know, you're looking at the Champions League the season before, Premier League last season. I think it's fairly respectful. Retaining the title is very, very difficult. Very few teams have managed it. Mm. But I do think that there will be that little asterisk of, yeah, we didn't get it, but look at the injury problems. Fair enough. I mean, Tottenham fans play that card a little bit of, you know, we, we got Europa League, but look, all the players we had injured look what we could have done it's a bit of a nebulous argument really because what can you do about it um and I think yeah as you say about it'll prove if the system is the thing working or if it is Van Dijk uh, particularly mm. I think he's the, the headliner of these injuries I think he doesn't just inspire the, the back four but even the midfield I mean you see the ball coming past you if you know you've got Virgil Van Dijk there you've got a bit of confidence but um and I do think that it will mount up on them mentally, these players of seeing, you know, teammates fall into injury because, you know, you're, you're a squad, you're a team. 
But I've said on the podcast before, if there is one man in the league that can inspire a group of players to get past things like this, it's Jurgen Klopp. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned about buying in January. Uh, Boothy, thoughts on Koulibaly? You think he's the the rightful heir to uh, Virgil van Dijk's position there in the in the back four? Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. We all know, we all see him playing in the Champions League. Like, Koulibaly is an absolute animal at the back but that animal cost you 90 million pounds at least yeah you know what i mean yeah. so and like i said earlier like, cool you, you you spend 90 mil in january but then when van dyke come back and gomez come back then what who misses out you know what i mean and one of those uh one of those players from the center halves won't accept a role on the bench because they're too big of a player now even like joe gomez uh, obviously, now winning the title, winning the Champions League, he now must think like, I, right, I'm the, I'm the shit now. I'm the real deal. Mm-hmm. Like, I deserve to play week in, week out. So it's, it's kind of a catch twenty two. You spend ninety mil on the second half, and you upset another player, or you just yeah. burn it and go, go uh, with your heart and see what you can do. Really. Yeah, I think uh, one of the standout centre backs or defensive players, at least in the in the Premier League so far this year, has been um, is it Wesley Fofana um, at Leicester. Yeah. Um, you know, teams like Leicester and, and Southampton seem to have like such a proven history now of of recruiting these brilliant Premier League level players. Um, is that something that um, you know, do, do these the top six clubs kind of overlook that style of football management in terms of actually going out and and recruiting, you know? taking risks, I guess, on, on buying players that, that are not necessarily um, touted for those roles. So like Koulibaly, like we, we, he's one of the first names we think of when we go, oh, who, who should we replace Virgil van Dijk with? Whereas, you know, before Fafana made the, the move to Leicester, we wouldn't have been suggesting he could fill the boots of van Dijk. Um, but yeah, you know, what what's your thoughts on... Premier League clubs and, and recruitment and, and why do these teams like Leicester and Southampton seem to pick out these amazing players and, and develop them? Uh, John, I'll come to you on that one. Um, it's a tricky one. I think there's definitely a little bit of a... No, stigma's not the right word, but I feel, I feel like especially clubs like the, the big clubs, there's a sort of thing where they feel they've got to go for the big names. Mm. Like, you know, I don't know whether they feel the pressure from the fans. You'd like to think that that they that they don't but you see it a lot i mean you you know you look at say arsenal spending 72 million pounds on pepe you mean to tell me that they weren't i mean you look at other teams like chelsea i mean how much was zayach was it was it 36 mil or something like that um i might be wrong yeah 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 something like that so half the price you know yeah um I think it just comes down to, I guess it comes down to scouting and, and all the rest of it. I, I do think, though, that unlike unlike Spain, I think the fact that the money's shared around as well, people have seen that, um, you know, Leicester can win the league. Um, the top managers are here now as well. You've got Ancelotti, Klopp, Mourinho, um, Pep, all, all in the Premier League. Um, you know, the reputation of Rodgers is, is, is massive. You know, mm-hmm. he, he nearly won the league. Um, and, and stuff, and, and even when you hear the way how he's spoken about by other managers, um, you know he's got a very very good re- reputation. So I think that that's definitely got something to do with it. Why the, why the you know the 
lesser teams like your Leicesters and your Everton's are picking up. I mean, who would have thought it? Five, four years ago, if you would have said James Rodriguez would be playing for Everton, you would have been like, no way. Um, but yeah, I just think the Premier League, it, I mean, not everyone can go to United, not everyone can go to Arsenal, everyone can go to Liverpool, right? So, you know, they're still going to get well paid. They're in the best league in the world. Yep. Um, they've got, we've got great managers. I just think, you know, it, it's, it's evolved, it's changed. The, the, the people that run the Premier League and, and, and stuff, they've, They've, they've done well with Sky and everything else. They've done well to make it this massive product where people just live to want to come to the Premier League. And I just, I think that's got a mass. And people, I don't think they're not, they're not overly fussed about, you know, oh, if I don't go to Arsenal or if I don't go to, before it was like, you go to Man United, you go to Arsenal. That is it. Even if yeah. you, even if you stop off at Spurs, you're going <laughs> <you're gonna laughs> to, you stop off at Spurs, but you're going to end up at Man United. That's how it used to be. You have all the best players or either, and everyone else was even Liverpool had, you know, Milan Barros and, um, and other crazy players um, that you just yeah. think, you know, they're just not good enough um, and to, to, to mount a challenge. But now that, that that's changed. And I, I definitely think the managers and products. Yeah. So you, I, I think what I'm hearing is that there's, there's more final destinations. There's more end, instead of just being Man United and Arsenal, as the club that you end up at, there's Man United, Arsenal, Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs. And then that then in itself means that there has to be more stepping stone clubs, um, which is not a, you know, not a term, you know, used, used negatively. Um, but yeah, there's more, there's these clubs like, you know, West Ham, Southampton, Leicester, Burnley, Wolverhampton. I mean, even even people kind of turned their nose up at the Jota transfer, didn't they? Really, um, even Liverpool fans were, were were a bit like, you know, why are we signing this guy? Mm. Um, and and look at him, you know, he's he's on a sort of path now to become one of the top players in the world, if if, if not, you know, already up there in in, in the top players in the league. Um, yeah, I, I, I do just think it's in, it's interesting how it's shifted. Particularly, I think Southampton are, are, are probably the real case here, where they really are a um, a powerhouse for producing for producing talent now. Um, well, you look at um, Hoybier, we bought him from yeah. Southampton this summer. He wasn't the most like glamorous signing. He's been our best player. He will be captain one day for Tottenham, yeah. I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah, but I mean, he, he's not the most glamorous, but he's put in the work. I think yeah. to jump on what you said there about stepping stones, it's a real good point. I think it's probably like a cynical approach on my behalf, but I think that when you've got these players going to your Leicester's, your, your West Ham's, Southampton, I think there could be an element of the agent in the ear going, spend a few years at this club, be a real star for them. A couple of years' time, you'll get an Arsenal, a Man City knocking on the door, double the wages, all of that. We had a player in 2014, 2013, we bought him with the bail money, funnily enough. Uh, Vlad Kirikesh, remember him? No, exactly. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> he scored a banger I, about a month ago, I think. <laughs> but I think um, about in, six in months Italy. into his uh, stay at Tottenham, his agent came out and was like, yeah, you know, Tottenham, yeah, it'll be a stepping stone. We just want to get him on a platform and see where he is. Where is he now? I don't know, fucking know. But mm. I think that it is, that's, that's an element of it as well, unfortunately. He's somewhere like Chievo now. He's in Italy somewhere, I think. Yeah, last uh, time I saw him, he was at Napoli. <laughs> Napoli, maybe. <laughs> that was then. years ago then. Um, no, yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's, 
it's a very very interesting uh situation i think potentially one of the next guys um that might get a move away from southampton is oriel romeo as well um and he was one of those chelsea Mm. i think he was la masia he was barcelona to chelsea and then to kind of almost nothing but he his his career i think he's kind of stepping into the shoes of uh of what Hoybier's left there at Southampton. Um, and he's a key player for them. And I, I could see him, you know, I could see Liverpool or Man United or someone picking him up um, next season and, and, and him being a standout player, like like you say, like Hoybier, who will eventually maybe go on to be um, Spurs captain. Um, right. I think we should move on to... Actually, I did have one last point which might come to me it, it's it's escaped me at, at the minute um it was something to do with arsenal oh god but you might get away you might get away with it because I, I it's uh if i think of it we'll come back to it but um we're now the stepping stone yeah that's probably what the point was <laughs> it was how far down the pond of stepping stones is arsenal now no it wasn't that um right so greg you have got um a fantastic game for us there i'll, I'll kind of hand over to you and you can explain how this is going to okay. work brilliant okay so this game is called lies i'm going to say a topic for you so for example that might be uh name as many french players in the premier league as you can in 30 seconds dan how many can you name you will say you can name five Boofy, then you will either up that if you think you can name name more in 30 seconds, or if you think Dan is lying about being able to name five, you can call lies. And then Dan has to name those five players in 30 seconds. If he can, he gets a point. If he can't, then Boofy, you get the point. Okay. Uh, the circle continues until someone calls lies. <sighs> Stress. <Absolutely. laughs> I, I do well with games like this. I, I really do. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm starting off with a nice, easy one. Okay, so how many Champions League winners can you name in 30 seconds? Dan, we'll start with you. And with me. Um, seven. Okay, Boofy. Eight. Okay, John. Um, I'm going to go nine. Nine. Okay, Dan, more or are you calling lies? I'm trying to think how many there even have been. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I think I'll probably say oh. lies. Okay, John. Okay, so lads, so I need you to uh, fact check me if you hear anything that uh, any lies from John. Shout me. Okay, John, your thirty seconds starts now. Right. So you got Real Madrid, uh, Liverpool, AC Milan. Uh, I said Liverpool, uh, Barcelona, uh, Inter Milan. How many of that? Five. That's five. You got five. United, Chelsea, seconds. United, Chelsea, um, Porto, Juventus. Um, that's it. That's nine. Yeah, that's nine. Good. Good. When did, um, when did Juve win it? When did Juve win the Champions League? Oh, wait, wait. wait. Have they not won it? I, I think know. they did. I thought they won it in like 96 with Zidane. Oh, I, I, I was just. Oh, I didn't even say Munich. <laughs> Wait, let me just check though. I'm, I'm sure Juve won it in. Uh... Yeah, Juve won. Yeah, Juve won. yeah. All right, that's before my time. Before my time. Okay, one point to John there. Okay, next up, I want you. How many football teams currently competing in La Liga can you name for me, oh. Dan? Oh. 
11. 11. Okay, Boofy, lies or can you name more? Lies. <laughs> I panicked. Yeah. I yeah. Okay, I so did not back myself. Uh, I would have said lies as well. In 30 seconds from Dan, your time starts now. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, um, Hetafe, Villarreal, Valencia, Sevilla, Real Betis, um, at uh, Bilbao, Atletico or Atleti Bilbao. Um, 10 seconds. Raul Sociedad. Um, I don't know whether Oviedo or Sasuna. Um, One, three. How many have I got? Ten. Oh, fuck. Um... <laughs> oh, okay, time's up. Oh, Come on! Oh, Come on! <laughs> hey, fair play, Dan. That's not bad, though. Yeah, you don't want to. I wouldn't have pretty good about six. Oh, okay, oh, damn it. Celta Vigo, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think the ones... I'm, I'm thinking a lot of them have probably gone down into Segunda, but... Yeah. Okay, so that's a point to Boofy for calling lies on that one. Unlucky. And then last one for you, gents. How many Premier League Golden Boot winners can you name me in 30 seconds? Uh, we'll go back the other way around. John, how many can you name in 30 seconds? I'm going to go eight. Eight. Boof? Let me go nine. I'll go with lies. Okay, lies, Boofy <laughs> on nine. Uh, other lads, can you fact check me in case? Uh, your time starts. Three, two, one, go. Aguero, Kane, Salah, Mane, Banyang, Henry, Van Nistelrooy, Shearer. Um, fuck. 20 seconds, <gasps> one more. Oh, come on, Boofy. Michael Owen? I don't, no? know, I don't know. Uh, Torres, Jogba, Jogba, yeah, Jogba. I, mean, I don't know if Jogba's won it before. He got really pissed yeah, off. He did. He did. I just fact checked Jogba. Hey, well done. Point to Booth. Two thousand six seven. He got twenty. Wait. So. Oh, hang had... on. Wait. Who called? Oh yeah, Booth. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that was good fun. Did we all have fun there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating. Jesus. Michael Owen did as well. So you done it actually earlier. Oh. Come on, there oh, we go. Okay. Yeah, Owen okay, so in 99. The winner of lies uh, is Boofy. Oh, the ego. The liar. Yeah. <laughs> Great Let's go. Nice. All right. Well, that was, uh, yeah, that was good. I think we should, uh, we'll, we'll do more of that. Um, maybe like a different person can host it each uh, or every other week, something like that. We'll work it out. Um, I'm annoyed that I didn't get what would I say? 11. It would have been 11 uh, La Liga teams. The yeah. thing is, even after that, there's like 10 left. I can't even think of another one. So <laughs> um, that's uh, that's where I'm at with that. So, um, yeah. Right. Let's do then uh, a really quick uh, social media recap for the week because um, obviously we haven't covered that many topics. Um, I will just... Uh... All right. Here we go. So, hello and welcome. This is the social media recap for BTF 56. First up on the show today, we spoke about England uh, and the question, can England win the Euros? Obviously, we had a win in a friendly against Ireland uh, last week, and then we had a loss to Belgium. Now, I'm going to come to 
the voice of reason on this, uh, we're going to go with Mr. John Miller. <laughs> voice of reason, I don't know about that. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I, I don't think we're quite ready yet. I think maybe five, six years away. But I definitely think Grealish um, was a shining light of the international friendlies. And I think if you've got Kane firing, Grealish firing, Sterling firing, back four sorted, I think we can definitely get to a semi-final and then we'll see what we'll see where the chips fall then. Yeah, I think that's pretty safe. Um, quick um, then, Boothy, yes or no? Can England win the Euros? No way. And Greg, um... <laughs> just, just, just that yes or no. Greg? No. No, all right, two no's. Uh, our next uh, topic was Liverpool's injury problems, um, where they go from here. So, uh, Boofy, who are some of the players that are injured at the moment? Henderson, um, Van Dyke, Robertson, Trent, just name a few of them. Um, I feel like Klopp has a big task in his hand now to manage this. Obviously, he's losing about 10, 13 players. He's got about, what, 15 to choose from now. So, he's got a big, big arc to put out the bag for you and keep. Liverpool are running for the title. Yeah, uh, Greg, is there a, are there any players that maybe they can look to buy in January, or is uh, are they kind of going to be priced out of the market? Well, this is the thing we were saying, Koulibaly is definitely a good replacement for Van Dijk. But once Van Dijk comes back from injury, is there any world class player that's going to want to sit on the bench and make way for him? I don't know if there is. They're going to struggle. No, I agree. And then finally, on the show today, which you can go and check out either on Twitch. Uh, .tv forward slash the BTF podcast or uh, you can listen on Spotify uh, we played the lies game uh, and very quickly I'm going to put Greg on the spot here because Greg was the host uh, of the lies game today so he didn't actually do one himself how many Premier League teams can you name in 30 seconds oh, oh. Premier League teams yeah current Premier League oh. teams alright let's go for all 20 all 20 alright oh. let me just get my countdown timer then uh, go Aston Villa, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, Man City, Brighton, West Ham, West Brom, Fulham, up the boys. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur, up the other boys. Who else have we got? We've got Burnley as well, shithouse team. We've got Everton doing all right, but they've fucked it, haven't they, really? Um, we've got Liverpool, I don't think I've mentioned, the champions. He's struggling. 13. Five seconds to go. He's got 13, is he? All right, there we go. Time's up. Oh, <laughs> it's harder oh, than it looks. I don't think you had Newcastle. Oh, yeah. Um, the Manchester clubs. Yeah, none oh, of the Manchester Man clubs, yeah. I said both Manchester clubs. All right, we'll check the tape. Yeah, we'll did, check did, the did, tape. Did, did, did. All right. <laughs> yeah, Southampton, <laughs> uh, Brighton. I don't think, yeah, South South Coast was missed uh, on that. Uh, but yeah, that is the social media roundup for BTF56. Uh, as I mentioned, check out the full show uh, either on twitch.tv forward slash the BTF podcast or Spotify. Uh, we'll see you on the next show. Right. Nice one, boys. A um, little bit of a shorter show this week, 53 minutes, but I think a nice kind of uh, debut on Twitch. Yeah. Did you? You didn't do YouTube today, did you? Uh, no. So what we'll be doing is we'll be uploading um, clips of the show uh, to YouTube. <sighs> Uh, from tomorrow we are still rolling by the way on the podcast just to um just to to, to warn you oh nice. um but yeah i'll i'll end I'll, I'll wind up the show today um before you say uh anything about uh neil jolliffe uh that we don't want to go out on air uh, <laughs> i'm joking i'm just saying that because i know neil is a, a loyal listener of the show and uh his ears will perk up hearing that um 
and he'll also probably think that we're actually slagging him off behind his back. But we're not nil, we promise. Although, Greg, <laughs> he does have some uh, some differing views to you uh, on several of the topics discussed uh, okay. recently on the show. Um, I think particularly Harry Winks. He's a, he's a he's a big Harry Winks supporter. So any any com- any final comment on that before we end the show? Uh, I, I look forward to uh, trying to understand where he's coming from, but I'm sure he'll come on the show at some point. Yeah, yeah, we'll leave it at that. That's fighting talking it, Boofy. I love, I love scrap. I love scrap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, thanks for watching the show, uh, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs>